This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life. Okay, everyone, thank you for joining me today. We have a guest who's going to share her story about dramatic improvements with her rheumatoid arthritis. She's coming all the way from a little town in Ontario in Canada. And her story is going to involve some of the following highlights, how she has managed to survive through the challenge of one of the most strictest lockdowns on earth over the last few months due to the COVID situation, uh, how she had the most incredible results from a total knee replacement, how she has been able to reverse all but just tiny little bit of remaining inflammation in her body using dietary changes and eventually settling on the Patterson program. And also a whole bunch of other lessons that we can learn around how she responded and flared, so to speak, from taking non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So it's going to be a really interesting discussion and inspirational for us all. So welcome, Diane. Hi, Glenn. Now, you and I connected on Facebook. You kindly have been putting nice comments under some of our uh, podcasts that we've released and shared on that social yeah. media platform. And you've said, oh, this is great. I've had great results too. And so because I love sharing positive stories, I reached out to you with a little message and said, Diane, would you like to share your story? And you kindly accepted. Thank you for doing this. Not a problem. <laughs> so let's talk about when you first got diagnosed and how your body was feeling leading up to that. I believe that just takes us back about two, two and a half years or so. Yeah, it was, um, I got diagnosed in January of 2018. That's when yeah. I was diagnosed with a rheumatoid. What was your body feeling like at that point? Where were the symptoms and where was your mind at with what you thought you had? I had pain from the shoulder down to my hands. I couldn't bend my fingers. I couldn't walk. I was on walking with a cane. I would scream in pain, um, couldn't figure it out. Uh, it was just, yeah, right through. I, I couldn't get in my bed because I couldn't get out of my bed. So I had to sleep on a lawn chair, a gravity lawn chair, so I can get up and get out. Um, I lived by myself, so I had no one helping me. Um, I couldn't cook. My son, that lucky enough, lives close to mine. They would cook me meals and bring it and deliver it to me. Goodness so, yeah, me. I was in terrible it was it's the worst thing ever now what was going through your mind and and what were your family members saying and i mean set the sort of emotional and social scenario for us at that time you know i i would tell my sons i have two sons and i would tell them and i don't think they quite understood it and i think a lot of people could not you know like i went to a couple of different doctors and GPs and they just said, Oh, you got arthritis, go home and take some Tylenol, you'll be fine. And um, so I went several, and actually, it was my son's doctor. He took me there, and they were the first ones to actually do a blood test to find out and to send me. Um, they sent me to a pain specialist, 
And that's, he's the first one said, it sounds like rheumatoid arthritis, but you better go get the blood test and find out what your, your inflammation is. And then maybe go see a rheumatologist. And okay. that's what started. Yes. So I'm sure we've got a lot of people nodding at the moment. Yep. This is, uh, this is the process. You find out that uh, uh, it's looking like that. You've got the symptoms, the GP or the primary care says, go and go to the specialist, get the blood work done. So you've come uh, and done that. And uh, what then happened? Well, I went to see the rheumatologist and he told me they have the wonderful medication for me. They're going to be able to help me. I will be out of pain. Everything's going to go great. But I'm the type of person I've always said, I am not going on any prescription drugs for my senior years. I'm in my seniors. I'm going to be 70 this year, by the way. So I do not want to go on it. No prescription drugs. And he was not happy with me. He leaned forward into me and he said, diet does not work. None of that works. Um, And I said, well, tell you what, I says, give me six months. I said, I'll try the diet. Doesn't work. I'll come back. He said, no, it doesn't. And he just was really at me and at me and at me until the point I was in tears. But, and then because I wouldn't give in, he walked out. So he walked out. He walked out. And then the next day I got a call from their pharmacist and she called and said, she's got this great medication I could go on. And I said, I told you, I'm not taking it. I'm not doing it. So I I didn't, wouldn't do it. So never heard back. And I proceeded then, was right, I got, that was January 23rd, and February 1st, I started the Patterson program. Wow. Okay. No pressure at all on the program. Um, you know, so um, th- this, by the way, isn't that uncommon. I went through the same discussion with my rheumatologist now 15 odd years ago. You know, I tell the story that he said, you know, I suggest we could take methotrexate. It's got severe side effects. It'll make you very nauseous. Um, it creates great, a lot of fatigue. So you'll be tired all the time. And whilst you're on this drug, you won't be able to have children. And I said, well, you know, sounds very attractive. Are there any negative aspects? And, uh, and sort of tried to joke about the situation, you know. But, uh, you know, in all seriousness, I, I then spent 12 months without the Patterson program. I had no idea what I was doing. Back then it was you know, no one knew uh, anyone uh, else who had done really well, who could they watch s- stories like yourself on the internet. And okay. so I was still eating incorrectly and not exercising sufficiently and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, for me, that did not work well because I had no plan to go on. So at the end of the 12 months, I sort of crept back in with my tail between my legs and, and went on the methotrexate. So I'm very curious to see what happened next with yourself with the right approach. Uh, well, big difference. Um, like I said, when I first, my ESR, when I first got diagnosed at the end of 2017, it was 65. I started um, the Patterson program. And of course, um, before I started the Patterson program, I should let the audience know that I did a blood test for food sensitivity. And that gave me clues on which foods my body did not like because um, uh, dairy was a big one and gluten uh, found out. So there was quite a few different foods. So I knew I had to eliminate those, but I 
started your program and thought, okay, we're going to go right back to square one and start off that it was hard. It was really hard. And I'm going to admit that, but it was the best thing because I could see the changes as I was going through because man, um, less pain. I could start to move. I would say within that month, I was feeling quite good. I was feeling really good. And I, and that's when I realized, Hey, food does make a difference. Wow. And, um, I just, I, I couldn't believe it. And I think the next blood test by March 24th, I had a blood test. And like I said, my ER where was 65 back. I was now down. My ESR was five. Awesome. awesome. You can't say food makes a difference. And after I did your program, I stuck to the foods that I was told not to eat. And I, and I gave myself, what I said to myself is, if this works, I'm going to give myself one year. I'm going to go on a plant-based diet. And I'm going to give myself a year and see how it goes. And I'm still on the plant-based diet. I'm not going off of it because I'm not going to do me. I don't want to make, go back to that, that pain ever, ever. Yeah, yeah that's right. Pain's a great motivator, isn't it? And, and yeah. experiencing wellness is the biggest way to develop a taste for compliance or, um, you know, consistency with what you're, you're eating. Um, you know, like like your story highlights a, a, you know, this, this feeling of, um, success and you're like, I want more of that. It's, it's like, uh, you, you almost life taste buds kick in and they're like, Oh, more, more, please, more, please. I want to feel better and better. And I wonder if I can get rid of pain in, in that joint as well. And it feels less and yeah uh the momentum is is what kicks in so yeah. that, that's why getting an early win is important and that's why i have two days cleanse at the start incidentally that two yeah. days cleanse at the start that doesn't actually do that much uh in terms of healing or changing your gut permeability what it really is is an early win because we feel so good normally after two days uh, so much less pain we're like it's like euphoric drug. Oh, I want more of that. And that's, that's right. what we then, yeah. So that's one of the main reasons that it's there. And it builds faith in the program that there is this gut food pain connection. Definitely. Definitely. And like I said, um, so by March, I was feeling quite good. And then in June, I knew I had a bad right knee and I had to have a total knee replacement. And, um, but I was feeling great and went to see more orthopedic surgeon. And I said, I just want to let you know, I've been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And she said, oh, and what medication you're on? I said, I'm on no medication. And she said, what do you mean you're on no medication? I said, no. I said, I just do it by through food. I just changed my diet. You know, I did some programs. I found a program and I'm doing it by food. And she said, it doesn't work. Just like the rheumatoid rheumatologist said, the orthopedic surgeon said the same thing. It doesn't work. And she said, when you have your operation, your uh, rheumatoid arthritis is going to flare up so bad. And she said, and you're going to be in so much pain. And I was scared. Again, I left there crying. <laughs> and uh, But I stuck to it. I wasn't going to change. Um, I had the operation. I absolutely had no pain. I don't know. This is weird. I'm in my late 60s. I had no pain at all. I got up out of the bed that following day. I, I 
they said, here's the walkers. I don't need the walker. Crutches are fine. Did the exercises. And they said, you don't have to stay. You can go home. Here's a prescription for all the um, painkillers. I never took one. I never had to take even a Tylenol. I didn't have to take anything. I was fine. I healed really fast. Did all the exercises they told me to do. And to this day, my, my orthopedic surgeon can't believe how well I, I healed and how well I can bend that leg and I could do everything. Yeah. Yeah, that is extraordinary. I had, what, what month was that? That would have been June, June 6th of 2018. Okay. And before I tell my short comparative story, uh, you went into that with a knee that I imagine had been bad for many years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, it was originally when I was in my 20s, I had a motorcycle accident. So I'd had several surgeries already before that. And as, as a result, I had um, um, osteoarthritis really, really bad in it. I had two torn meniscus and I had a, a um, baker cyst. So yep. it was already in really, really bad shape. So mm-hmm. when the rheumatoid arthritis hit, it just like exploded. Wow. Your knee resume sounds exactly like my left knee. So uh, I don't want to steal the focus on you in this episode. Um, But likewise, as I told on Lighting the Path documentary series with Gabe Golden, I had a knee replacement last year as as well. Uh, Just like you, uh, it started with a traumatic anterior cruciate ligament tear back in 2006. That happened the same week that I was diagnosed with rheumatoid. I went to seek a repair surgery on my ACL and the surgeons, uh, too, would not operate on it because of the rheumatoid arthritis activity. They said, you got to get that under control. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I spent 12 months trying to naturally improve before I took meds and then the meds helped but didn't get rid of it entirely. Uh, And it took years until that inflammation in that knee got under control, which is a whole nother story. And then for 10 years, I was on a bone-on-bone knee, osteoarthritic knee in three chambers. So it was bone-on-bone behind the kneecap and left and right chamber. But through my Bikram yoga and through um, stationary bike and through careful physical activity without running and, and a few other things, Uh, You know, that knee did nearly 11 years, uh, completely acceptable, not keeping me up at night and walk as far as I want. But then, uh, you know, through yet another traumatic uh, incident and uh, a few other little things going on, which I'm going to share in another focus on me type episode, that required a, a knee replacement as well. And my recovery from that, it's it'll be 12 months in a few weeks, um, has been slow but very, very steady, and uh, the knee just feels wonderful. So I completely relate. However, the comparative part about recovering from the surgery, I was on oxycodone for about 10 days um, and high dose of Tylenol, and those drugs caused me some extremely dry eye. So I wanted off the drugs because my eyes just dried out like I had no moisture in my body. And I saw an ophthalmologist back here in Australia who who drew the connection between those medications and dry eye. And it was also another ophthalmologist in the US, in the US actually uh, explained the connection as well. Um, so I had that side effect from those meds, but I needed them. 
Um, my my um, muscle wastage in that leg was significant, and the I was in excruciating pain before the surgery. So I'm going to do a whole podcast on knee replacement and all of the worries, concerns, recovery strategies, and everything in the future. But I just wanted to draw a comparison and say, again, from personal experience, yours is certainly unique. And to not take a pain med after a total yep. knee replacement. Yeah, I know. Unheard of. I know. I know. Like I said, <laughs> my orthopedic surgeon can't believe it. He said, you know. I mean, I mean, when you think about what you went through, we're talking about a, a uh, like a fifth, uh, we're talking about a 12 inch wound on your knee. Yeah, it was from the top of the knee to below those metal clips. Yeah, that's it. And and they get in there with a saw. That's right. And you just get up the next day and walk out. Yeah. Like nothing happened. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. And I can't even explain it. And but my I tell everybody it's because I had reduced really low inflammation because I really believe it's the inflammation that causes all the pain. So that was my theory. If my blood rates were showing such so low, and like I said, in March, my CRP was w- just 1.4. So yeah, th- to me, it's saying, okay, I got low inflammation. Yeah, that must be the only reason. Um, but yeah, because yeah. definitely everybody else had pain because when I go to physiotherapy, everybody would kind of look at me. I was the weird one yeah. <laughs> with no pain. Yeah. Yes. No. It's extraordinary. It, it truly is. I mean, to to if no one has any idea, this would be like having a major motorcycle accident and uh, creating massive lacerations in your skin, damaging bone, and then and then having no pain. Like it's extraordinary. Yeah. 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 Okay. I have well, no idea. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. So you recovered from that like world record sort of style. Um, And now that takes us back a couple of years. What has happened in the last few years? Have you maintained your uh, progress with inflammation reduction to the point of where are you at now? Okay. Uh, You know, I continue with the plant-based. I sort of went back to a little bit, maybe I always say 20% vegan diet um, because then, but what would happen is it's so if I went out to eat or whatever and I, I might have, I've had oil. I know personally over the years if I start to feel that stiffness first thing I always say what did I eat what did I have that could flare this um and usually you could kind of figure it out there must have been something that I had processed foods for sure can uh, a lot of times uh, flare it up not that I'm in bad like I was you just know there's a difference of of feeling stiff so I just have to be always aware of what I'm putting in my mouth. And also exercise is really, really important. That's why I'll be so glad we're finally open up and our gyms are going to open up again. Exercise, keep the body. You got to keep stretching. You got to keep the body moving. And that's really a big key. And then keep that stress level. You got to really keep yourself calm. Um, Stress, I know for sure, flares it up. So yeah, it's just, I just really went out and searched as much. You had you have a lot of information in your book when you do the program. 
And then I just search online what is the best route and uh, what foods. And I and it's hard. And I've shared your program with other people, and and they all, most people will always say it's too hard. Yeah. And I and and I've had someone that I knew was twenty years younger than me, been on the same medications, really bad. Got her off. I shared the book, told her what to do. She would got off right just medication, but she said it was too hard to stay on the diet. So she's back on medication. So a lot of people, I'm going to assume, I don't know if you find that, that a lot of people will try it, but it's really hard to uh, make that switch. Um, like I said, I was in my late 60s to make this big change of diet, you know. So, yeah, and I, that's you no know, meat, dairy, just plant food. And, and I also, I'm gluten-free, so add it. So it's yeah. difficult. But you know what? I just really want to share with people, if you do the diet, you do the program, do stay on the diet. It is hard, but there are lots of recipes. There are thousands of recipes. And, and like you've said in a lot of the talks you've had, yeah, Mexican, Indian, there's a lot of different foods you can eat. It isn't that you're going to starve. I don't starve. I'm not really, really skinny. <laughs> No, that's great. And you've given us uh, lots to sort of talk about for the rest of this episode. We can talk about stress or talk about your exercise. I want to learn more about that. Talk about oils. We'll talk about um, what you've done during lockdown. And we'll talk about this. We'll all speak to now this concept of hard and, and just give those who are sort of still wondering if this is something that they can go ahead and try. Uh, so let's talk about hard first. So specifically, it's a two-day cleanse where you don't eat for two days, followed by 10 days of eating pretty much the same stuff every day just to really, really reset to the lowest possible pain levels. And then you reintroduce a food every day. So yep. if you are quite uh, unresponsive to the foods, which, by the way, are chosen to be quite unresponsive, uh, then you can have 30 different foods in your diet after day 12. So by mm. then, that's quite a lot of food and you're starting to get back into a conventional, uh, moderately diverse plant-based diet after just, what, a month and a bit, a week, a month and 12 yeah. days? That's not that bad. Where it is hard is if we start reintroducing foods and we hit inflammation and we reset yeah. and then we hit inflammation. And look. If that's the case, then that is the set of cards that we've been dealt and we're going to have right. to decide whether or not we want to continue to play the card game. That's right. That's exactly right. it. Yeah. That's so, exactly um, yeah. We all have so, choices. That's it. It's the pain of discipline versus the pain of regret. Now, that does not throw shade onto the medicational use um, and medications are there as our support system if all the dietary exercise stress reduction stuff isn't adequate. We need the yeah. meds because we can't continue right. to have high inflammation. You That's know right. that. You know, yeah. I'm just speaking yeah. to our audience. Yeah. Okay. So that that handles the topic of hard. Is it that hard? Well, you don't eat your favorite foods for like 30, 40 days and but you're getting there. Well, that's up to you. Everyone's definition of hard is different. Some people jump into freezing water for fun 
and other people that's right. that I couldn't do that if my life depended on it. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly it. Okay. Now, um, the stress, you mentioned the stress. Yes. Someone put inside our support forum just yesterday made a very good point that even positive, it was Elizabeth, I think, even positive stress can have a negative impact. So even things like a promotion at work, which is an exciting uh, career, you know, progression sort of thing, but that can actually have negative consequences on our health. So it's a, and and she made the great comment that she's never really taken stress seriously enough. And isn't that a good point that we think, oh yeah, I do all this other stuff. Yeah, I'm stressed out, but hey, it's not what I'm eating. It's, but it does, we need, we need to try and be mindful of what we're loading our lives with. So can you talk about how you work this um, important aspect into your plans? And how to deal with the stress? Sure. Uh, Well, yeah, stress is hard. Um, Yeah, I will probably, when it comes to stress, obviously turn to exercise. Um, I try to do a little bit of meditation. Yeah, um, that's basically what I do. Uh, If I'm stressed, get out and go get out in the fresh air especially during this COVID time right now I'm finding it for me I'm a senior so I haven't worked for a long time so um it's being locked in like here in Ontario I'm where my area where I am living we've been on lock heavy duty lockdowns since beginning of December and they're telling us don't leave the house only for essential services don't go near anybody and not seeing family and friends and the mask and social distancing, the whole thing is just, there's so much stuff out there. I can get myself really worked up and don't listen to the news. Just stay calm. Um, We're going to get through that. You got to have a really positive attitude. And that's what I've always said, being positive. But yeah, the exercises, the breathing, a lot of deep breathing really, really helps me. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Basically what I do. And um, have you developed exercise routines at home due to the strict lockdown? Uh, yeah, I do a lot of mostly stretching um, because I can't go to the gym right now, um, which I'll be back. <laughs> and I do work with someone, so that's I'm excited about that. Um, I just mainly, I have a mat and I have some stretch bands, so I just use those um, and um, just work with a, a routine of, you know, making sure you're bending all your joints and your muscles and keep them lubricated, keep yeah. moving. Um, we yeah. tend to want to sit a lot because you know, we don't know what else to do, right? Um, we got to keep moving, get up and move and keep those joints because I found that when I did sit for a long periods of time, yeah, when I go to get up, you know, I'm in my, like I said, I'm going to be 70. So when I get up, I'm already, I, I'm stiff. So, you know, you got to keep moving and keep, keep the joints. I always say lubricated. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, it's a, lots of water. Well, yeah. lots of water. Definitely yeah. lots of water. That's a key one. I, I'm a water drinker, so I drink lots of water. Oh, these are great tips. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. did a consultation with an 80 year old man the other day, and he said that he, um, you know, he contacted me for his shoulders. His shoulders bothering him, and uh, we uh, we talked about his lifestyle, and uh, 
you know, he gets up each day, goes down to a local community hall or something similar, and he helps them with constant repair jobs, all the stuff around this big community hall. He's 80 and he walks into there in this little town and he does it all the time. And, uh, you know, he would be in a terrible shape with uh, his health, but he's been doing that his whole life, you know. And and it's just, I'm like, wow, 80 and like crushing it constantly. And the solutions I gave him for his exercise, he's excited about. And they all involve sort of physical therapy kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and so you're right. Like those who do best move most. And you, yeah. like, when I did a podcast with Dr. Gregor, who's, you know, our plant-based yeah. doctor sort of famous guy, you know, he's on a treadmill while he does every interview. Because he says the human body, it's meant to move all the time. We're not meant yeah. to sit still. We're yeah. meant to move. And yeah, so- yeah. My, my neighbor, he's in his 90s. Yeah. He still snow plums his driveway. He still cuts his grass. And he walks his dog three times out of a day. And he's in his 90s. Really? He walks really? sometimes with, a, with his walker because we're in wintertime. And he walks down the street in his, with his walker walking his dog. And he said, if you stop moving, he says, if I stop moving, that's it. Game over. And that's that's the whole key. Got to keep Isn't moving. That it? Isn't that true? Yeah. 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 You got to keep moving. My dad also, he's, um, you know, he's in his mid, in fact, it's his birthday tomorrow. Yeah, I think he'll be uh, 74, um, which, uh, you know, sprightly. And uh, he um, he says it's it's better the, better to wear out than to rust out. Yeah, so there you go. He just keeps yeah. going all the time. And I think yeah. this is, this, we're really, yeah. really, uh, really, you know, it's so important, isn't it? So yeah. I heard you, you know, you've got this like almost excitement in your voice when you talk about seeing your personal trainer again at the gym. What do you do at the gym? Do you do cardio and weights? Um, no, actually, she's uh, worked with this. It's kind of like a Pilates machines and it's gained a lot of more stretching. Um, with me um and again working with the resistance bands so she works a lot more that way um and i don't do with her at the gym i go to her house so she's a personal trainer but i work at her house and so she works that way with me i tried it with a personal trainer at the gym i thought it was a little too hard for me um Mm -hmm. personally so i do much better with resistant bands and stretch more stretching that way for me Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a treadmill for the cardio and that kind of thing. And I can get treadmill. There. Yeah. 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 Great. Great. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Okay. And then you mentioned, and, uh, this will be the last question I have for the moment. And then we might do sort of a, uh, seek your wisdom about some tips and things. You mentioned oils when it comes to your first concern, when things don't feel right. This is a message I've obviously said for a decade, but your sensitivity is it greatest from oil consumption accidental or deliberate than anything else that's where i personally think it is i really do um between oil and processed foods those mm-hmm. are the big because sometimes you know you think you're you you get tired of the of, of vegetables well, and you know you want that quickie or you're out somewhere and you get that um veggie burger or whatever they have is processed food any of that's all processed so that to me i find will do it but then it could be the oils in there in the way they cook it or what's in there too so 
that's what I'm I'm saying for me. I I kept thinking, and then I I remember when I started your program and get the emails and that, and I think I emailed at one point and don't forget it's the oil. Stay away from the oil. So that's right on my head. Stay away from the oils. And um, I now have a partner. I have a man in my life, and when I met him, he was on five medications for heart, and diabetes, and acid reflux. He's off of everything. He's on nothing. He was off within a year. He was off of everything. So yeah. <laughs> I talked to everybody. It works. I mean, you got to do it. Uh, so I got him doing exactly my diet. No oil. <laughs> so that, um, that is just so fantastic. Yeah. And and how is uh, how's his sort of compliance level? Is he a reluctant? plant-based person or is he no. an advocate he was right on board he even took a course in how to cook plant-based foods yeah oh, he's man. he's right in it and when like i said when i met him he had just changed to be a vegetarian so he was just coming off of me and um and i said no i'm way over here i'm on plant-based and he went and and it was a little bit i'm sure of a struggle he didn't say anything um, but yeah, and, and then I said, you got to get off those medications and his doctors were really, but they kept doing the tests. The tests were getting better and better and better. And his cardiologist says, I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing great. You, he was on statin drugs. He was, and then went right off at them all. all oh of them. my yeah. goodness. Yeah. See, and he even had asthma and was taking those puffers or steroid puffers. He doesn't, he's not taking them. <laughs> You, oh, the puffer one's interesting. You know, I've had the uh, the client or two over the years uh, who's had asthma for their whole life and no longer need to have the puffers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm not suggesting that that's typical, but it yeah. has happened. But how yeah. long had he had those asthma puffers for? Mm, I think he's had them two or three years, yeah. Two or three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Goodness me, what a different trajectory he now has in his life with this current situation compared to previous. Yeah, yeah. You saved his life, Diane. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And what was good for me is now I have a partner that eats the same as I do because that really helps too. And I think a lot of, um, I'm sure, just with the people I deal with, if I'm trying to get them to change the way they eat, um, the one partner says, no, not going to give up the meat or not going to give up certain foods. And then the one partner wants to go. So it's really hard when you're both not you know, on the same page. But if you can get both on the same page, then that makes I can understand that being much easier. So now I heard you say the words that I am working with. Does this mean that you're on a little bit of a philanthropy activism here to try and help a few people, you know? to improve their lifestyle? I listen, Clint, I talk to everybody from the person that's in the lineup while I'm waiting to at the grocery store. I talk to everybody and it's, I, I even with the orthopedic surgeon, I've got her town talking about diet. Um, so it's, I, I tell everybody, you know what? I, I'm so excited about it because, and especially with the COVID, I do a lot of posting about some of the foods I make, about what you should be taking, supplements or anything to help you got to boost your immune system. Your immune system 
that's what's going to keep you going and keep you strong. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, so let's just, before we find out if people can follow you online somewhere or if you have a blog or whatever, tell us, so uh, what are your, um, what would be your words of wisdom to someone who is to speak to two people, speak to two categories of people who watch this show, people who are on the program, who are hoping to get closer to the situation that you're at, who or, or, or people who are also thinking about making lifestyle choices who watch like a thousand of these before they finally decide that they will do the Patterson program and, and go down this path. Can you give some, uh, some words of, of insight to both people, both groups? You know what? I always say, um, you know, but I think once you, we get these diseases, these different health issues, I look at it this way. You can either have the disease take control of you or you that can take control of it. And that's what my motto is. Take control. You've got the choice to take that control. Um, so just get on a program, start going on the internet, just learn about everything and do the Patterson program because at least that's a start. That's what it was for me. I learned a lot of information uh, before that, but I just didn't know how to get started. How, how do you get this started so that you can start the healing process and then from there you can continue on, but you need a start. And I say, do the start. And like I said, I've told other people that I meet that I have arthritis somehow through social media. Not, you know, I don't know how people get in contact with me and they'll say, you've got a rheumatoid arthritis. What do you do? Go to the Patterson program. I tell them all. I don't know whether they do or don't because I don't know them, but yeah, that's no, the that's, only way. Uh, you got to start. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And what about to those people who are doing it and maybe have hit a few hiccups and they're thinking, oh, should I get back on it? Or, or maybe they're, they're, they're feeling like they're stuck. What would you say to them? And you know what? That's really common because we all, um, we're all human and we all do things that sometimes um, I know when the COVID hit, I was eating some bad, not good foods and and uh, then I started to have the flare-ups. So I just went right back to the start of what your program was and did that for about a week just to get back on track. So that's okay. So things don't go right. Think you could always start. Tomorrow's a new day to start another day and starting right. And just, I think the biggest thing is you need a reason for what, what you're doing it. And I think for you, uh, you wanted children, you wanted to run, be able to run and move and everything else. I think um, having that uh, reason as to why you want to do this, and you really got to have that in your head all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, it was to be no pain and not be on any prescription drugs going through my senior year. So those are my motivations. And that's what you need is that motivation to keep going. You've had that objective for a long time, though, haven't you? You took that yes. objective uh, into your meeting with the rheumatologist. It wasn't a result of the diagnosis. It's something you've... No. Yeah. Yeah, that was right. It was long before, long yeah. before. I've always been... Yeah, um, I, I always thought I ate healthy, but I didn't know there were certain foods that were irritating my gut. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about leaky gut, and I didn't know anything about that kind of thing. I always said, no, I'm no prescription. I just know 
that the people that are on the prescription drug you end up going on another one and another one and um, just watch your body deteriorate. So what about, what quality of life do you want as you're going into your senior years? Do you want to be the one that's just sitting in a chair in agony and pain and can't get up and move? Or do you want to be that active one, you know, like my neighbor that's going out there and keeps active, you know? My grandmother lived to 105 and she kept active. So that's the way to do it. I guess that's why I knew what she was like and that was my motivation. Mm. When you're speaking and I'm listening and thinking about what you're saying, you know, I'm realizing that, you know, the interpretation of the situation is so pivotal in the decisions that we then take. So your interpretation of your diagnosis is that it's more motivation to be as healthy with my diet, as healthy with my exercise and as healthy in my mindset as I can be so that I don't develop more symptoms and I can stay, in your case, um, without any dependency on meds into your senior years. Um, A different interpretation might be, oh, no, I've got this disease. I need to, uh, you know, follow all of the regular medical approach and listen to every word that is said. These are just interpretations. And there's no right or wrong. But, um, you know, my interpretation of it is what an opportunity to be as healthy as I possibly can across my whole lifestyle. How can I interact with others in a healthy way? How can I sleep the most healthiest way? How can I exercise for best joint preservation and for strength building? How can I have a the healthiest diet and just a healthy life? And let's see how little my symptoms remain as a consequence of that. And so that's, you know, it's very similar to your approach. It's, it's let's do all these things with motivation because of a diagnosis that's a big stick behind us saying, hey, if you're not careful, I'm going to whip you hard. Well, okay, I'm getting out there and I'm going to do all these things because that's motivating. But, you know, um, in, in one way, I'm thankful in the sense that the RA came because by going on this direction of the health, um, it wasn't just RA I, I resolved. I had digestive problems my whole life. I was taking digestive enzymes and everything, trying to, to be able to digest. I don't have any of that problem anymore. I don't have the bloating. I don't have anything. Uh, I had bladder infections my whole life. I was always on antibiotics at least two to three times in a year. Don't have any more problems anymore. My bladder works as good as it was when I was like 20 years of age. It's fantastic. I had brain fog. I, You know, I just... I couldn't get it together. I couldn't remember things. My memory is so good now. I sleep better. So it's not just the RA. There are many. So it fixed a lot of problems, not just one, several. And I think a lot of people, we tend to think we don't realize we've got all these other issues because we tend to just say, yeah, so you got a little tummy ache or whatever. It's going to go away. But you know what? It's your body is telling you there's something wrong. And, um, so, yeah, if they did this Patterson program, get up eating right, they'll be surprised at how many other probably issues that they probably have and didn't realize that will resolve. 
It's funny you say that. Um, I used to think that it was normal to have digestive problems throughout my 20s. 20s when you mentioned that's right. Me too. Yeah. I thought, oh, it's normal if you eat, say, well, ice cream for me. Uh, It's normal if you eat ice cream and then you just basically feel bloated and sick for a few hours. But that's right. I was so stupid. I'm like, yeah, but as if you wouldn't eat ice cream, you eat ice cream. That's and right. It's just normal that your gut hurts like hell for a few hours. That's oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to have the diarrhea problems and the stomach problems and no mm. more. It's fantastic. I just, mm. oh, I don't know. I get so yeah. excited when I talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, 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 um, you really, really do, you know, put us. A, 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 like a, a wonderful energy and out there when you speak about this and there's a spark in your eye and you can see that this is you, you know, you've hit, you've hit bullseye with the way that works for you and yeah. a, a message that you can share to clearly everyone around you from surgeons to the neighbor. And, and that's a wonderful thing. So, um, Wow. I feel so happy after having spoken with you. I feel so much more energized than what I did at the start. We started at 8 a.m. Uh, <laughs> our time here in Sydney and uh, I had kids running around everywhere and now I'm just so pumped after talking to you. So thank it's you great. for coming on this episode and, and congratulations on all that you've achieved and thank you for spreading such a wonderful word about lifestyle and its impact on our health. Okay, then you're welcome. Anytime, that's for sure. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.